Jimmy, thanks for coming. Uh, and well, as I told you, I want to start with, well, as I did with Nick, uh, we started with a story and with you, I would like to do the same. And okay. so it was two years ago that you first came to my podcast and that we talked and everything. And then we met here in Mexico City. Um, that was still in the pandemic. So how have these two years been for you? How has that changed from the pandemic to this new reality where you were again making shows and everything? How, how did that happen? How, how was it for you? Um, well, I mean, first, I want to say thank you for having me on, on the podcast. I love talking with you. Um, every time we interact, I learn something uh, in myself, and it's always a pleasure to chat with you. But um, I would say when you look at um, with what I do in my profession specifically, I think I will talk about my experience and, you know, my brand and whatnot, but I think it can apply to other people too, where that COVID and things being shut down essentially for concerts and shows that shut down a major part of what creates momentum for a DJ brand, getting in front of people, playing shows, making those in-person interactions and building up the stage presence and the skills, right? That was just not, when we hung out in person, I mean, I had just played my, one of my first shows back after a, a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And in that time frame, um, when COVID shut everything down, there's so many things that I learned about myself mentally, things that I can do better in the gym to show up every day to be consistent things about law of attraction and just understanding the world better that I had such a better approach on collaborating with other people than I did before mm -hmm. the pandemic. And when those shows came back and what I could go back on tour, it's almost like I looked at the world in an entirely different lens that I, that I developed while shows and my whole industry was shut down. So now this, this momentum that Rose drive has now compared to before the pandemic is just things are moving so much smoother, faster, seamlessly. And I think that's the best way I can describe the difference between, you know, when we, when we met, I was just so excited about playing one show again. And we just wrapped up a 28 show tour all across North America and London. So, um, yeah, I think that's like the, the best way that I can uh, sum it up. But I'm curious if, if you've seen uh, any differences that jump out to you uh, like, by just like what the, the the journey like uh, between back then and and right now? <clears throat> yeah, uh, I mean, we don't have to. <laughs> we, we, whatever. <clears throat> I, I mean, yeah, like in in your brand specifically, I, I remember that before it was like right now. You're focusing a lot more on your um online image if if we could, if we could call it that way because you've been like recently posting a lot more on on youtube and then on instagram i remember that you were posting this uh momentum mondays i think they were called yes um what, what happened to those so that actually i'm i'm really happy you brought that up because there there's something where i have such a passion like you do for um mindset development learning and reading obviously i think literally i enjoy life better when i'm reading consistently mm -hmm. uh, and when I, when you're developing something so specific like a um it, you're making music and you're developing a dj brand people want mostly that content mm -hmm. so if i'm not playing a ton of shows i dial back how much i'm sharing um my like what i'm reading or my workout stuff because then it becomes mostly that mm -hmm. so the, the the momentum monday post kind of went away because of the frequency of shows but now now that things are running like they are um i can bring back the momentum monday more mindset stuff today we're doing kind of like a twitter thread tuesday post where it's like all uh, mindset mm -hmm. stuff so now that the shows have come back and the frequency of the shows and that type of content where people that follow me for music and DJ content and coming to my shows, they're not confused. Like, is this guy uh, an author? Is he a podcaster? Like I want to do, I want to be involved in all these communities, but I have to have a certain percentage needs mm -hmm. to be hit. Like I'm a DJ first. Uh, like 
that's what I'm known for. That's what I do for work. And that's what people, you know, bring me out to do all over the place. So um, I think Momentum Monday is it's an, uh, an important part about it that I want to bring back for 2023 is that so many people hate Mondays, right? They complain about it. They say the weekend's over. Oh, I hate Monday. I'm dreading it. And I really kind of like Gary Vee talks about appreciating Mondays and designing your life in a way where you like Mondays. And mm-hmm. I just want people to get rid of that narrative. Like Mondays don't have to suck. Like you, you have the power to make them good by scheduling things in that you enjoy at the beginning or end of the day that you can look forward to on Mondays um, or get yourself in a position to live a life where Monday is like any other day of the week. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's the yeah. long answer of the the Monday uh, yeah. question. Yeah. About this last part, I remember that once I read in a post of yours that uh, like you really look forward for Mondays and you did as well when you were in the, uh was it the navy school or the well when you were in, in university yeah um, and, and that's interesting because like before or before yeah before the pandemic in my case i used to hate mondays in general then in, in the pandemic when i was able like to do more podcasting and like when school was not the main thing for me i was like okay i'm enjoying mondays more and then now that we are not on lockdown anymore and that I'm going to school and everything's like normal. Uh, I'm enjoying Mondays as well. So I, I mean, I bring this up because you changed my perspective on, on that, uh, on that idea of Mondays. Because um, I mean, even if I'm not excited for something that will happen on Monday, if I have an exam or something like that, I can like look forward to like experiencing a new week in in some way which has been which has been cool and then what happened well also like uh relating this to your podcast what, what happened to your podcast was it the same as with the momentum mondays sure yeah no it's a good question and i'll, I'll t- i want to say one more thing about mondays and then i'll i'll tie the podcast piece mm-hmm. in um something that i think anyone listening right now whether you're studying and you're in school and you can look at what you're doing who you work with, who you study with, even if you truly hate Mondays, whatever you're doing in life, if you just go into the mindset and just say, oh, I love Mondays, just trick yourself into liking them. <laughs> if you have a better attitude and approach towards your Mondays, you're going to do better than, the, than your peers or like whoever you're working with. And then that, that is going to have a positive effect on, you know, the team that you work with, the people you're studying with. And one by one, let's make Monday a better mm. thing. But for the podcast um a podcast is coming back for rose drive i i really liked the name art of you podcast and it made sense because i was kind of um rediscovering and reflecting a lot in my for myself during the the pandemic there's a there's a new name that's already been decided for um this podcast and it ties into rose drive and the meaning behind rose drive So, um, the podcast is not done. It was more of a, I like, I like, I liked getting the reps in, seeing what it takes to do a podcast. How does this pod, how does doing a podcast work into setting time, setting time aside for making music, getting my workouts in flying three, four, five times a week, playing a show, getting home from the show at 2 a.m you know, flying home at 6am, like, where does a podcast and that mm-hmm. frequency come in to where I can be consistent. So that's, there's a couple of reasons there figuring out how it fits into this new schedule during a, during the pandemic, it was really easy mm-hmm. to keep on top of the, the podcast. But now there's a specific vision, I like the name and the meaning behind the podcast moving forward more than what it was. So that's, that's where we're currently at. I, I won't say exactly when it's coming back. But In the next year, there will be a Rose Drive podcast again. Hmm. Are you planning on interviewing uh, people over there? Um, yeah, I'll be interviewing people for the podcast. And I, 
I do want there to be a unique um, touring or travel aspect to it, but that's where I'll leave it for now because we're fig- we're putting it all together. Mm, okay, okay, yeah. And I was asking about the interviews because I've seen that like through these uh, two years, you've connected a lot with like many people that I follow. So, for example, uh, Brian Pratt or uh, Zach Pogrov, and I mean Danny Danny Miranda. I I remember you connected me to him back back in 2021. Uh, but how did these connections happen? Specifically, like the one with Zach. Uh, how was it? Um, I think that over time, when you have interactions with people in this community, for just the easiest way to describe it, whether it's on Twitter or Instagram, and you're um, liking people's tweets, you're liking people's posts, you're commenting, and you're leaving. Um, your thoughts on what they say and sometimes if you leave a comment that makes them think about what they posted even more and you add value you do that again and again people take note of who you are and what you're doing when they come to your page you're like there's like 15 other guys that i follow that follow this guy i should probably follow him too mm -hmm. so um i can't i can't really say um exactly i think you follow a lot of the same people that i do like you mentioned and i think it, it gets to a point where even if you're not seeing that content on your feed because you're not following, you're just seeing other people, you know, sharing their Twitter, um, their thoughts on Twitter to Instagram story or retweeting or interacting. And I think it's just come from getting immersed in the community. Like you have with, you know, bookstagram podcasters, authors, I mean, you're, whether you like to believe it or not, or will acknowledge like your hard work, like, you're a fixture in that community. There's a lot of people that know who you are. So mm -hmm. um, there isn't really one specific way that I connected with these people. Um, but I think, I think, it, I think it's generally come from following somebody and providing value and comments or just interacting with their stuff. And then they end up following back or like wanting to get involved with what I'm doing. So I don't, I don't have like a specific answer how, Uh, I don't remember how exactly Zach and I connected or Brian, um, Danny and I connected over Twitter. I do remember that. Um, do, if you know, Ian, or if you know, do on Twitter, um, the do lab, one of my favorite Twitter accounts, you should definitely follow anybody listening. He just like connected me with Danny and they were like, he's like, Hey, you guys are both super optimistic. Just, I think you'll be friends. And yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then he has grown a lot from like, Well, with his podcast, he he started with uh, in-person interviews, and then he's had like, do you know these guys from Smart Nonsense? <clears throat> They're two like entrepreneurs who basically are producing content for Naval and Tim Ferriss, and I mean he he's had those guys. Um, wow. Yeah, and many other like big names, which. Uh, I mean, it's it's very interesting because because in my case that was kind of like my vision, but it I think that it's changed over time or over like the years. Because I mean, as you say, I am still like inside the bookstagram niche and everything, um, but I I've been trying like to get away from it as as in posting more about like philosophy and reflections, maybe a little bit about workouts. But yeah, I'm still figuring that part out as well, because like I, I don't want to focus anymore just on on books and those things. Um, and then like with this uh, new content and then that you're posting and everything, what are your thoughts on on YouTube? Because I have seen that. Well, you've told me that you want to like get more into it, and that's kind of my idea as well for 2023. Uh, but I have no like specific plan for it. But what are your what's your plan for YouTube? Well, first, I want to say, I think it's a good thing that you're a part of the bookstagram community. And I think that even if you don't want to post so much about books like you were, you're, that's a part of who you are, right? So you'll, you'll always be recognized in that. And if you want to change your path, like there's value to be known for multiple things. Um, I mean, like we've talked about Nick Bear before in the past, right? He's a fitness guy. Uh, yeah, I think he wrote a book, right? Uh, 25 hours a day. Yeah, yeah, and I know him. So I mean, he he he's immersed in the fitness community hardcore, but even in that fitness community, 
he's known as a hardcore weightlifter and a marathon runner. Those are two very different communities, mm. but that's to me what makes him unique. So for you, I think that's really cool. Like that makes you unique. You have a passion for reading and you're a part of that, that community, whether you like it or not, you're always going to be a little <laughs> bit a part of that community. And I think it's a good thing, but you branching off into specific about mindset quotes, lifestyle and things like that. I think that makes, I'm, I'm just seeing a parallel and I don't want you to feel like, uh, you know, being a part of the bookstagram community is something that <laughs> you shouldn't like or anything. But to, to get to YouTube, um, I, I think first we just for anyone listening, anyone that knows Emmy, he's a very humble guy. And he's he's built a lot of awesome brands himself. And I like to point that out because he's really impressed me. So for YouTube, um, I think YouTube for me, um, the artists that I look up to, I've wanted to know so much more about them. And I think YouTube is the perfect place to tie together your music, your touring and your personality all in one place. It's, it's, there's no cap on how long the content can be right. Um, on Spotify, I think as a musician, there's no connection between who is listening to your music. You don't know, you just know monthly listeners, what cities they're in, and you don't know who that account is, right? Um, on SoundCloud, however, you can comment. You can comment on a timestamp. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, man, this drop was sick. Like, oh, what's this song? Like, I loved that about SoundCloud. There was more of a community vibe around. the. It was more about the artist. Spotify is all about playlists. I'm going to tie this to YouTube in a second. On Facebook, um, you know, it, for however you look at it, Facebook has essentially come and it's gone. Instagram, I think it's always going to be there. It's, it's kind of gotten taken over a little bit by TikTok. Twitter's always been there. I think it's always going to be there. Same with YouTube. YouTube's been there before Facebook. It's a fixture now. It's always been big. And I think it's going to get even bigger. For me, with my brand, I think it's the perfect place because to me, it's the only... People call TikTok a, a music platform, but it's not. It's short. It's it's too short. Mm. No one is going on TikTok to listen to a three or four or five minute song. They're just not. So on YouTube, I want to put all my music on there, all the tour recaps, all the vlogs, all the behind the scenes, and show everybody who I am as a person um, on YouTube where all my music is on there and people can comment, leave their inputs and really create a community on there where like on SoundCloud, that, that was the thing like five, six years ago. It's just not a thing anymore. People aren't commenting on SoundCloud like they used to. But um, I think YouTube is a place where people go deep, get really deep connections with the people that they want content from. And I think that's where you can create super fans. Mm. And I wonder like, well, I, I want to mention two things, but before I miss the idea about YouTube, like how does this uh, building a community look like for you as a DJ? So how do you translate that online community that might have like people from all over the world into like actual shows and in-person things? And uh, and yeah, like how do you merge those two worlds as a DJ? Yeah, I mean, that's a question that I think that that's something that people are trying to figure out like to build brands. because that's not, there is like a specific divine defined way to do it. Mm -hmm. And I would say touring and doing shows, having people actually see you play in person and then people following you on Instagram and YouTube after seeing you perform. I think that's where a real deep connection goes because mm -hmm you can post on Instagram and show all these hype clips from a show, but until someone sees it in person and they can feel the energy that you bring on stage, the people there all together feeling that and going on a 90 minute to two hour journey, or like an actual concert or show. Um, because people, if they, if people have a really good time in person, they think that's a, that's a memory that they have forever. And they, they want more of it. So when you play that show and then people follow you on social media and they're tracking you, um, they, they inevitably want more. So 
that that question uh i mean if you wanted to do an entire podcast about that question and branch off questions about that i mean sorry i'm i don't know which way to really go, <laughs> to go about it. your your question is basically what my team and i discuss and talk about and try to figure out for not like that's that's how you make it big right it's not mm-hmm. like a it's not like a specific this is how you do it i'm figuring it out as i go yeah uh, yeah but yeah you kind of you kind of stumped me on this like on a specific way to describe the building of a community um but i think it is really going deeper beyond the music it's showing people who you are showing them your interests what you do behind the scenes to create the like how you create the music how you build the habits to um be able to tour and stay stay in shape and have a positive mindset like um i think people want to see that not everything that's just the highlight they want to see just regular life of that person and i think so many huge artists they're they're just they have huge songs on Spotify and no one, no one even knows like who anything else about them. So I think that's, I, the sh- I think my mind was like, okay, I can answer this in so many, many, so many different ways, but I think al- just allowing your community to know who you are bit by bit by Instagram posts and going even deeper on YouTube. I think that's the best, <laughs> that's the best mm. way to do Yeah. Yeah, and I, I know that there's no like specific way to actually merge this these two things, and that as technology and platforms evolve and everything, this changes as well. But but I mean, yeah, I so from what I understand, like your main approach is like uh, getting to know well, getting people to know you first, like in an event, and then for them to keep uh, like interacting with you online so it's not it's not the other way around it's like first the the event and then like the it's both it's both i mean it 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 grows because what i what i want to also add on is the in-person interactions are invaluable because if i play one show not the people that are at that show let's say it's in atlanta georgia or something the people that are at that show in atlanta georgia aren't all from atlanta there might be someone from new york city or there might be someone from san diego california they're like Hey, I love that show. I I know this person here. I want to bring you out here or that th- just that organic word of mouth that you get from in person seems to be so much more powerful than a lot of the online um things like that. But we're always we're always creating new conversations. Like we're not waiting for opportunities for shows. We're reaching out to people mm-hmm. as as we've gotten bigger um people are reaching out to us more but it never stops like we're not just like hanging out like oh i hope more shows happen like every day we're we're booking more shows and reaching out to people and pushing for more conversations so um it's not like a cut and dry people people see me in person and then they go to the internet it's it's getting into little different pockets of communities where how do i say this like There might be certain cities in the United States. If I play and I build a following in, that means something to people like in Mexico City, right? But then there might be cities in the U.S. where that I play in that like literally mean nothing to people in Mexico City. They're like, I don't know what that is. Like, I don't know what that type of party is. But if you play a certain festival, that means something to people that do other festivals. So I, I think you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, so, so um, it's, it's not just like a one-way path that you follow and it's systematic. It's like a mix of, of many things that lead to this community building, to more concerts, to more to more events, and to, to to these things. And like now the question that I wanted to ask, are you coming to Mexico City next year? <laughs> um, the short answer is I don't know, but I think it's a definite possibility. That's, that's the easiest way that I can describe <laughs> it. I would love to. I know dance music and edm is huge in mexico huge in mexico city it would be so much fun so would love to host you at a show absolutely <laughs> yeah because i mean I, i've been waiting for you to come for for a long time so i, I hope na- next year we, we can make it and if not then in 2024 i might go to to the states for a show 
it'll happen when the time's right yeah so. yeah it will and how does uh like 2023 look like for you in a in a quick like overview yeah i think um it's kind of uh really wanting to do more of the same that we did in 2023 being more consistent with with how much music that i release um consistently showing up for people on the music front so that they get in the habit of checking out rose drive music and we're going to be doing a lot of shows um even more than we did in 2022 more international shows even though i can't say a specific date for mexico but we're going to be doing um yeah just bigger and better shows more of them like that's that's really the best way i can describe it mm -hmm. how has like when you when you say that you plan on making more and more shows next year than this year and also thinking that last year you didn't make as much shows as this year like how does that process of like making shows and then resting and recovering and working out how, how does that routine look like are you are you really able to like handle all of that like traveling a lot throughout the week and then resting and everything yeah i think i think the workouts and everything allow me to do it because i think so many people they feel like oh i'm tired i shouldn't work out i should just sleep more but you get more energy from working out. Right. So I think what it comes down to is just having more and more. And as I have a couple of weeks off from touring right now, I'm realizing you just have to be a meticulous planner. And I know you, that you've read, uh, uh, was it the, uh, what's it called? I'm going to cheat the everyday hero manifesto, right. Mm -hmm. By Robin yeah. Sharma. And he talks about designing your life. And I think it really comes down to, when you when you have a tour schedule like that or intense travel like know where you're going what what do you have access to workout wise and having your, your having everything planned out ahead of time like this is this is where i'm working out this is how much time i'm going to have for a workout um knowing what equipment you have access to and having that workout written down how does that fit into uh you know landing at the airport, driving out to wherever you're performing, fitting that in with a sound check and actually playing the show and all that. And just having a very specific timeline and um, having it all planned out, I think is really what it comes down to. And sometimes it can be hard to balance it all, but um, I think it just comes down to planning, man. Hmm. Do you ever, Well, do you, do you plan a lot or do you ever like just go with, with the flow of how the, the trip or the week is going? Because like in my case, I, I, I'm not doing any traveling or I'm not moving around much right now. I'm sure. staying in my home uh, most of the day. So I work out here and everything and I don't really plan a lot. I just like go with the, with the flow of the week. So, 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 so do you ever just go like that? Or is that a, like a possibility for you? Does it work to actually like accomplish the show and then uh, maybe some business meetings or, or, or whatever? So I, I plan where I plan the, the certain type of thinking that I'm going to do. So if I'm doing, if, if I, if I'm, well, I'll, I'll kind of break this down a little bit and I break it into kind of time blocks or morning versus afternoon. I'm not going to try to talk with a member of my team about routing a tour or bookings, go right into working on music for an hour, right into a workout, right into content planning or making content. So it's more of like, I know that my mind needs to interact in a certain way for music. So if I'm going to do that, I'm not scheduling anything before that music or right after I'm, a, I have a huge time block for music. Um, so I don't have necessarily specific, like hour by hour, every 30 minutes, this is exactly what I'm doing, but I kind of put the type of thinking into certain, uh, buckets for the day, but I am pretty, um, specific about when I'm going to work out and what books I'm going to read. Uh, cause so, <laughs> 
I'm sure you know this. Sometimes if you don't have a plan for what you're going to read, you just end up reading like part bits and parts of like eight different books. And you don't yeah. actually finish any of them. So. Yeah. I mean, th that's been happening to me for like the last six months. So that that's also like the recent way I started changing a bit, like just focusing on books because it didn't seem very um, aligned or authentic, like to be sharing stuff about books when I wasn't reading that much. Um, and I was also like exploring a lot more of these other areas, like working out or reflecting, like philosophy, just exploring, uh, and, and actually using this to get back to what you, what you said before. Uh, I mean, I, I appreciate your, I appreciate you acknowledging what I would have done and like my work. Um, and yeah, you, you've also changed my perspective a bit with this conversation, like I have really been trying to get away intentionally from books, but maybe I shouldn't do that. Maybe I should like embrace these or these other areas more instead of pushing away books. Um, yeah, I, I might just try to do that. So thank you for that. For that. Yeah, I think like you can always books can be content in so many different ways, right? I mean, you can pull a piece and say, "This is what's worked for me," and I or you could be like. I read this and I used to think it was the best thing ever until I read this. And it was hmm. th this other book is way better. And this is why. And I think like, I want to bring up real quick. I know that you probably, um, you know, consume Alex Ramosi's content to some yeah, degree. A lot. Um, <clears throat> a couple of things with him that I'm going to talk about, like his approach to how he reads, I think is so spot on. And then his kind of like, I think, what I talked about, I'm alluding to, I have somewhat of a routine, but I know that he's all about just wake up, drink your cup of coffee and get to work and like F routines, like screw routines. Um, but I think it's important to have like the awareness of when you need a routine and when you just need to get the work done. So I like to have a routine. I like to wake up, read, plan out my day a little bit and then get a workout in. But today, I'm putting out a new ride with Rose drive mix that you listen to that's coming out today. And I was just like, you know what? I woke up early five 30 in the morning. I never really do this, but I just started working on the mix and I finished it. Um, and then I went into my routine. So I think it's just having that awareness of knowing I have this big thing that I have to get done. If that, if that completely clears your mind where you're able to operate better without having that in the back of your head, I think, I think it's important to just like get that work done. Um, I think a routine is important, but um, adapting here and there when you need to, obviously. But mm -hmm. with the books thing, this is the part about Bookstagram I don't like, if you don't mind me sharing. I think that there is this like a little bit of like a little too much of a sense of accomplishment from just reading a book. You're like, oh, I read a book. I'm going to go on the next one and read that one. Like, go, 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 read it fast. And like, I like I like Jim Quick. I like the book Limitless, but I think that whole like time frame of the bookstagram was just like read fifty books a year. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think I <laughs> good, but like, dude, I mean, how can you really, how can you really implement fifty books right in your life? So when Alex Formosi was like, "Hey, I've I've come across I've read he's like I've read hundreds of books." I don't finish many of them. And here, like, he's like, here are my 13 books that I would recommend or whatever. And his are very kind of specific towards like sales and um, persuasion and marketing and stuff like that. So it might not be for everybody, but there, for me, I've noticed that when I'm reading certain books, I look at the world in a different way and I operate in a more efficient way. I get more stuff done and I really do see the value. Like he says, like, Hey, read, read these same books that you get the most value from five times, get to mm -hmm. the point where you can literally teach this book to somebody and live, live what that book means through your life and like actually own that book and, and make it a part of you. I think that part, I kind of added on. I don't know if he said that, but that's what my approach is towards reading. Um, Right now, I'm I'm rereading The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. It's one of those books that's so simple. It's almost painfully simple where you're like, oh, I know this stuff. But yeah, like habits. But 
those are the things that I think people overlook and miss out on. Um, so yeah, I, I'm really taking the approach of instead of trying to read another 50, 60 books, identifying uh, of the 90 or hundred books I read the last four years, whatever it is. Okay. What are like the top five to 15 and just own those and make those like live those books and make them a part of me. Mm. And th th that's interesting because that's kind of what I've been trying to do in some way. I mean, I I, I have like uh, not really succeeded with it lately. Uh, I've been I've been really struggling with books like for for six months. Although there are some that I recently, well, usually frequently uh, get back to and try to implement in, in some way. And I know like the best example in my case for this is Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey, for example. Like for me, that book is like a, a guide to life, basically. It's like when I'm struggling with, um, I don't know, productivity in some way, because I feel stuck in some area of my life. Or when I'm uh, struggling with a relationship or a friend of mine or a girl or anything, I, I just like, end up going to that book and it, it helps me a lot but for me it just happens with that book in in some way but but I'm, I'm sure that there are like four or ten books that I've read that I could go back to that would would definitely help so you're reading the compound effect right now well you're rereading it uh what do you like so much about it I, I I'm sure you've noticed that I'm obsessed with momentum in general And uh, that book has a whole chapter about it. And I'm rereading that chapter. And dude, it is so true. Whether you have a workout program or you're, you're making content consistently, that comp, like just showing up and, and being every day doing a little bit. Um, it sounds ridiculous. Like, yes, obviously, Jimmy, if you do a little bit, you're going to make progress, a little bit of progress every day. But people overlook that. And it's... <laughs> Um, that's the thing with the music industry. I, I have people ask me, Hey, how can I put, like, you saw the tour flyer that we just put out yesterday and it was mm -hmm. like all these dates and there I people ask me, Hey, Jimmy, how do I do a tour like that? I'm like, Hey man, like build it. <laughs> it's like people want to have like these little nuggets to just get a tip and go implement it. It's just like, they don't want to put all the time it takes to develop a brand and it is these little tiny steps that seem so unimportant and boring that people are not willing to do. And that's why I love the compound effect. because it just reminds me like there's this little thing that I have been overlooking that I used to do every day that I need to be doing every day again. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's just one of those books where you have to just put your ego aside and be like, Hey, If you're not where you want to be with something in your life and you're not tracking that thing, like that is on you. Mm. It's not on anybody else. So um, I just love the self-accountability of the book. Hmm. And about like this momentum thing, what are your, or what's your approach when you start to lose momentum in, in some area of your life? Like, let's say that uh with with workouts or when or with anything you start to not be as consistent as you start to lose momentum and you do that for a month or two months maybe not with workouts but with another era like how do you recover from that this is the easiest way i can sum up my relationship with momentum if at any point in time in your life you think about do i have momentum or not and you don't know you do not have momentum and you, and, and you can identify like, have I been consistent with these workouts? Have I been consistent with X amount of conversations for new shows? Have I been posting consistently? Have I been reading consistently? Like how have I been feeling the last week when I go to bed? How have I been feeling when I wake up? Like if you're, I think a great way to tell if you have momentum is like, Are you excited for the next day when you go to bed? Like, th like there are these small little simple things that I think you can tell um, if you have momentum or not. And I think the scary thing is 
when those habits like the workout habits start to slip and you're not, not getting after it like you did um you don't realize it but almost like i'm i need to have this like daily reminder of like am i am i maintaining momentum today did i maintain momentum this week and having some sort of like reminder daily or weekly to self-assess yourself and not and not go on automatic pilot i think people run on automatic pilot so much um yeah i think it's just having daily or weekly honest conversations with yourself how'd this last week go hmm. and how'd the last month go it, it is did i behave in the way the last week or the last month did i behave in the way that i want the future me to be like the future me that i desire to be would they have behaved how I did the last week or the last month? And if, if those don't match, then like you don't, that, the momentum is not there. Hmm. So have you got any specific routine or, well, not routine, any specific practice for this accountability? Because for me, I have been doing this like weekly recaps in which I like review my improvements over the week or the things that I struggled with. And then I do a journal recap. Um, but that's just like my way of doing it. It's like a, an online journal. How, how does it look for you? For workouts, I mean, tracking the workout, how, how much weight am I doing? How many reps mm. per each weight, like tracking that. And I think with running, that's pretty self-explanatory. I want to go too much into the running with, uh, me having been out from a back injury, but I'm coming back. That's another part that's coming back. Um, <laughs> nice. But just like comparing year to year, um, like looking at looking at this year's tour flyer versus last year's, like um, how much did we actually execute on for shows? Um, not to get like specific about it, but just how much has our booking fee increased this quarter? How much? like how much are we getting paid for a show this year this time versus last year and are we able to keep increasing the booking fee and also increase the frequency of shows um those are those are kind of like the indicators on my brand's level um but i think for for me it's like getting getting better at identifying when you're slipping like that's the hard part you don't know like you know when you're crushing it but like you don't realize it when you're slipping like and i don't know why but mm -hmm. that's something i have to figure out better and i think it's just whether it's every sunday or every night you just have some sort of like pause like break your routine and like really really think for like reflect on yourself Mm -hmm. Yeah, and specifically like on the short term, it's when it's more difficult to notice these areas or these parts in which you were sleeping uh, or, or in which you were losing momentum because like on, on the long term or, or when you're reflecting like year to year or quarter to quarter or things like that, it's much easier to like to notice that. And how does it look for you when comparing uh, you in 2021 so in december 2021 to jimmy on december 2022 how how does that comparison look like well i would say the um i'll, I'll explain it this way i think that this is about to get a little deep but i have to tie physics into this a little bit as just the way i look at the world i think a year ago, there was there were aspects of the brand where we could be like, I see this part, that's a compound effect. And this this one pillar or this one element of the brand is growing. But now I see like multiple pillars that have started while like last year, one pillar, it's grown since the pandemic. Since then, that's that one pillar is, you know, thicker, stronger, however you want to describe it. And there are these other pillars that are getting filled out that weren't even there before. And we're able to um, invest certain um, aspects of the brand to put into other pillars to build those. And it's almost kind of like quantum physics where you have an energy, like you have one, one piece of strong energy here, another one here, and now 
all these different pillars are kind of compounding and interacting with each other and like the momentum's about to just completely take over is the best way i can uh describe it i don't know if that's gonna provide any value for anyone <laughs> listening if that's gonna make any sense but that's the way i look at it hopefully it will <laughs> i mean i like this physics and uh, these physics analogies because uh it's a it's another fun way to to put it and in, in some ways i think it it makes sense like for people who understand it better so as you for example that you actually know quantum physics and and you've studied it and everything it actually makes sense to to make that analogy and also like now it makes uh well uh it comes to my mind this this idea like i you and i we understand this idea of momentum well momentum in life or momentum with uh with a project or or, or like these things but there are may, maybe some people that don't uh so what's your like definition of momentum for people listening okay so the the um momentum equation in physics is p equals mv p is momentum m is mass v is velocity that's what p p equals mv mass times velocity is momentum the way that i look at momentum on a personal note is i look at m being kind of like yourself not like a mass like the amount you weigh not like that just like your mind and who you are and i look at v as your ability to take action and how quickly you're able to take that action without hesitation without fear and just moving and it sounds like it's probably a lot of what that book green lights is about like go going i don't know i haven't read that book but uh, you should you should but, but, but no, I mean, yeah I, it's it's kind of the idea that, that's kind of how i take recommendations for books now unless someone says this is like the book for me i don't I don't have as much of a uh, draw to take book recommendations, but I think when you have um, certain systems in place for how you operate in life, you're able to create momentum in different ways. But in a personal way, I think if you can master these different pieces of your life, that allow you to like go on automatic pilot on certain things that you just have down pat that where you can focus your energy on the most important things like that's where you create momentum but my personal thing is that elimination of hesitation and acting with speed being very decisive with your decisions and just like going not not wondering oh what would this person say like is this venue going to be interested is this uh is this girl gonna be interested in me like just go for it like the amount of time that you are thinking about like all the different scenarios that could happen if you just did it you'll have more information of what the next step is quicker than mm -hmm. if you're just waiting for a couple days or a week or whatever mm -hmm. so i think that's how that i i'm thinking a lot about momentum and i want to i want to get it in a more Uh, a concise specific easy way uh out of the physics mindset of it but that's how i that's how i'm looking at it mm. and so well taking but check the... this out but check this out real quick let's look at that equation again so p equals mv if you put at, let's say velocity is action right an object at rest is at rest so if you take no action you know you're not doing anything so like zero zero action or zero velocity is always going to be a momentum of zero mm -hmm. so that's the only thing that's going to keep you at zero but moving forward doing anything is always going to be better than doing nothing that's like the biggest part of momentum yeah and actually like getting deeper into into the momentum equation then there would be like two ways to increase momentum either to increase like the your your ability to to take action or in the other case like uh the, the mass part so yourself like would you say that improving yourself or getting to know yourself better uh would mean that you're improving or like making this part of the equation bigger definitely i i mean i think like the okay yes so to to answer this the momentum that was possible for jimmy as a dj five years ago 
is capped out at a certain level based on my production skills as a producer, my stage presence um, on stage, my ability to DJ, my ability to construct a two hour or 90 minute set. Um, and like the level of where that brand is like it's cat like that momentum of at that point in time is limited by who I was as a person at that time. So as you develop your mindset, um, you know, your health, your fitness, whatever it is. Um, yeah, I mean, that that is a, a huge part of of momentum. I, mm. I mean, that's there's going to be a cap to assert like how far your momentum can get based on who you are as a person. Mm. So, so, so it's about those two parts. So taking action and then who you are as a person. So improving yourself in, so, in some way. Yes. And then what I'm trying to understand and, and equate more to building a brand is I feel like in quantum physics, you can have, um, you can have quantum leaps. And I think that the compound effect is the easiest or like the most pertinent thing to see like the most um, common thread between successful people is people that have believed in the compound effect, but I'm seeing some kind of connection where people can take quantum leaps where instead of taking um, like when, when part, like I'm not going to explain it the best way, but in quantum physics, particles are interacting with each other and they have these massive loops and energy where with the compound effect, it's kind of like this, right? It's just like this gradual buildup, but like with a quantum interaction, you have this, like you can have this energy here and then boom, like th there's, but there's no way to really ex explain it. And I feel like in life, as you build a brand or a business or anything, you're kind of creating these small, different little energies that you're building compound effect with. Right. But once you hit a certain point with each of those energies, you hit a quantum, a quantum leap. And that's what I'm trying to understand in real life a little bit better. But I don't know if that, I don't know if that made sense, but uh, I don't know if I explained it that well. I mean, it kind of makes sense. So for example, let's say that, uh, yeah, you're building a brand. And so you are working on yourself. You were working on your marketing. You were working on your products. You were working on all these yep. areas on these energies. And so then by, Uh, chance or luck uh, client hits you and then he wants a big deal and that's like the, the quantum leap that, that you make yeah I mean it, it, the I mean the quantum leap can be the perfect intersection like let's say for a brand where not talking about me but they they are doing really well on Instagram and they've been doing well on Instagram but they figure something out about TikTok and YouTube and those blow up and that brings more attention back to the Instagram where they were known and like everything just goes off from there. So that's the simplest way I think I can describe it. And I think on a music side of things, that quantum leap can come from one song that just changes everything for mm -hmm. an artist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, that ha actually happens to a lot of artists that are known for one song. And then after that, they, they become famous and people start to know them and their brand and their work. And you know, one question that comes to mind is that you, well, you, you studied, uh, what was it like just physics or engineering physics or? Yeah. So I, um, I was a physics major, um, at the Naval Academy, but we had to take engineering. So everybody that goes to the Academy, even if you're uh, a history or an English major, you have to take thermodynamics. You have to take elect electrical engineering, cybersecurity, all that fun stuff. So yeah, I mean, I, I did engineering and I did physics, but I was doing the engineering that everybody had to take. So those are like my easier classes compared to the physics stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you studied this and I know that you don't, you don't actually use any of that right now. Uh, like <laughs> in, in practice, you're not an engineer nor a physicist, yeah. but no. it, it seems that it did shape your, your way of thinking. And I've, I've recently been thinking more about like what my path will be after high school and those things. Um, and I'm like leaning towards physics and, and engineering. Uh, but yeah, like, do you think that it shaped the way you think and act and behave as a DJ, as a professional and as a person right now, uh, like beyond not being an engineer or a physicist? 
Okay, first of all, for anyone listening, can we take a moment of appreciation to reflect or like say that Emiliano right now just talked about all of this, the level of this conversation. He said, when I finish high school, this guy is in high school and he's having these level of conversations. Like, let that sink in for anyone listening right now. What the heck? Um, so I'm impressed by you, man. You're you're crushing it. And literally the sky is not the limit. It's a whole, whole another stratosphere for you. So, um, oh my gosh, man, what a great question. I think, yes, it's definitely shaped the way I look, but I think, I think really when, when looking at your path that there, there's a, a lot of things that can happen when you study, like you could study something. You're like, I absolutely love this. And you go work it and that exact thing. The most important part, in my opinion, about college, it's not the certificate or the, you know, graduating and saying, Hey, I went to this school and this is what I majored in. It's creating the habit of finding a way to get through it like you found a way to pass these exams showed up studied with me with physics I don't use it at all really but it it's it shaped the way I, I look at the world but the most important thing is like I've developed my DJ skills and my pro production skills as a producer and building a brand like having that tough major made me realize just the power of like sitting in a chair and doing the damn thing until it's done and not quitting and just developing that habit um i think that's the most important part about getting through college is like finding a way to get it done and i think that's where the most value is and the, and the people that you interact with like um a lot of my closest friends are from college and I will always have a bond with the guys that I studied physics with. That was a challenge. It's one of the top 10 or 12 toughest physics programs in the country. And the fact that I went into my last quantum physics final that I had to pass and I got like a 60 something and I passed and I barely passed like <laughs> right up till the end before graduation. Like that was intense, man. Um, so um but a lot of the reason why i was that close to failing is because i got really into producing and djing so mm. <laughs> I was most of my time on music but um no I, th I i don't know if i answered your question exactly what you're looking for but if i can get more specific or anything let me know no you did you did but like another question that comes to mind do you think that these would have happened if you didn't study in the Naval Academy and you studied in like another college or university? The, um, what would happen? Like the, the bonding or just like the mindset of getting through something? Both of them, but specifically like the, the last part, the, the mindset part. I think that, um, okay, well, specifically the Naval Academy. I mean, that's one of the, the Naval Academy, West Point, Air Force Academy. I mean, um i don't know what i don't really care what anyone says whether it's ivy league school or mit all those are really hard schools but um when it comes to a military academy you have all these classes but then you have military obligations where hey look jimmy like you're waking up at 5 a.m and you're gonna go work out in the snow and it doesn't matter if you have an exam today like you're gonna go do this um it's that those are the only schools that are like that um so it did i i do i don't think that that type of bond can be created at every school but if you do have a if you the way that you have created your online community and the friends that you've connected with you already have the ability to like recreate that type of bond with the type of people you interact with on the internet so when you do go to college and and go to university i think you're going to have a great ability to identify those people that you can create those bonds with so i think that it's forced down your throat at a school like the naval academy where it's a military school but it can be done at other schools i think you just have to be a little more intentional about creating your your own community for that well yeah i'll, I'll tell you how it goes for me when when 
like college or whatever happens we'll see we'll see how it goes and where i end up going because i mean i have been thinking about maybe the the like these army schools here in mexico uh but i'm i'm not sure about anything uh yeah we'll we'll, we'll see how it goes in the future and so well yeah, yeah th thank you jimmy for coming again I, i enjoy a lot our conversations um absolutely and yeah thank you thank you for everything man is there anything you would like to add or any other topic that you would like us to talk about um i need to what, what's the name of the uh, coffee shop that we went to in uh, mexico city it's tierra garat so tierra and then garat i'll, I'll text it to you okay well i was just gonna say anybody that is visiting mexico city should visit that, <laughs> that, that <laughs> yeah. coffee shop that it's was, great well, it's great there's some sort of dessert that was really good it yeah they, they sell they sell a lot of cool things that i remember like the drink that you had well you had two drinks you had i think a coffee or something like that and then the one that i also wore there that's the naranjo huacal and so many people that listen to this listen here in mexico city so people listening in mexico city go to tierra yeah. garat <laughs> and, and or the third one <laughs> I'm all about having a couple of drinks at the same time. I like to have a coffee, a juice, a water. So random, <laughs> random fun yeah. fact. That's not, I mean, that's not uh, the norm for me, but yeah, I appreciate you having me on. And I always genuinely enjoy our conversations. I mean, you make me think in a different way with your questions. So, so much fun. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jimmy.